Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. This is episode number 31. I'm interviewing Carla Lee Martinez, who is a co-author of my Amazon number one best-selling book, Resilience, Turn Your Setback into a Comeback Today. Carla Lee specializes in helping sales professionals and consultants massively accelerate their business by teaching them the modern art and science of selling which shortens the sales cycle and closes more deals. She's laser focused on helping businesses, entrepreneurs, consultants, and salespeople through a proven sales training program. Her mission is to elevate others using her own strategies combined with neuroscience and neuro-linguistic programming, helping sales professionals to become more effective in their sales and communication. Welcome, Carla Lee, uh, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, Carla Lee is one of the co-authors of our Amazon number one best-selling book, Resilience, um, and she's a sales trainer. Um, and I kept, you know, I have been debating on my business side on uh, as well that well, how can I get better with sales? So I do want to chat with Carla about why sales, right? So, uh, Carla, can you tell us what do you do exactly? <laughs> sure. So, I'm a sales coach and trainer. And a lot of people, I think, get confused with the differences. So, sometimes it's kind of two sides of the house. So, the sales training, someone may come up to me and be like, I just want to learn how to close a deal, or I just want to learn how to sell something. Um, and my clients range from people brand new to sales or some more seasoned, uh, experienced people. Um, so that's the training, right? That's the sales training. I also okay. do coaching and the coaching is more about helping someone build up the confidence or find, uh, internal resources, right? Their mindset and, uh, getting themselves out there, getting over the fears or objections or whatever people have going on. And that's the coaching uh, side of the house. And sometimes they're combined. So when I say sales coaching and training, it's a little bit of both. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned because I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I worked at one of the larger IT organization and one of my friend and I could say a mentor uh, mentioned to me that, oh, he's moving from IT side of the world into sales. And I said, why? And he's like, no, everyone should learn how to sell. So can you tell us why everyone should learn? how to sell? Yeah, I, I truly believe that selling is truly a life skill. Just like learning how to cook or do your laundry, you know, how to manage your finances. It's a critical skill. And the reason why is it's a communication skill. And I would ask the audience, have you, if they've ever tried to influence someone else, whether that's your kids, a spouse, you did a job interview or you truly are in a sales uh, position, whether it's your own business or you're like a sales rep, 
you are in sales. So anytime you seek to influence anyone, you are engaging in a sales type of interaction. And the people who are most effective at selling themselves, right, they're mm -hmm. going to be the most successful, whether it's, like I said, a job interview or they're presenting something. And so, it's, like I said, it's a communication skill. And it's so important to, to be able to have that, especially I believe as women or a woman is being able to always, if you can sell, you will always land on your feet. You'll never go hungry. You'll always be able to go knock door to door or That's do a an great interview. Point. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Cause you um, can definitely pick up anything pretty much. <laughs> you can pick up anything. You can sell anything. And especially, you know, if you're a single parent or even, you know, a, a dual parent uh, household, if you can sell, like I said, you're always going to be able to put food on the table. You're always going to be able to take care of yourself. Whether, Like I said, if you have got to sell yourself in an interview or you actually are in a sales position, I think that is a, like a form of uh, female empowerment, right? To actually yeah. have that skill set. Um, and the other thing is that sales is, it's important, but it's also an art right? It takes skill, it takes practice, but there's also a lot of science behind it. And that's really what I've been really? working on. And what I teach is that there is like a, there's been since about the year 2000 with like the MR or the MRI scanners and mm -hmm. brain and neuroscience, right? They've come up with a lot of developments. So there's a whole, uh, places of work around like neuromarketing, which is a branch from neuroscience. And they really started to map out right? What, what triggers motivation, right? What, what do, what are the chemicals that happen in the brain when someone is presented with something new or when they're in pain and they want to purchase something? Or if you're the salesperson coming to someone saying, Hey, I want to sell you something, right? How do you approach that? And how does that person's brain react? Because that's going to determine their behavior. So it's an art, right? There's some things that it's like a pseudoscience and then there's actually hard data about how you can sell. Interesting. So uh, I also saw that you have a program called How to Say Less and Close More in Sales. What does that mean? Um, so Say Less, Close More is, first, it's a reminder to listen more than you talk, right? The other thing is that through my program, I teach people how to listen for what's not being said. So using that neuroscience background and, and a neurolinguistic programming background, you can really predict and change your language of how you talk to somebody. So you can increase your chances for closing a deal or closing a sale. And what that means is that people, especially this works really well for introverts too, or people like me who can just talk forever and get excited and start talking a lot. Right. Is, we do. <laughs> uh, we do. Right. And so in that case, then this is going to teach you how to literally say less, say less words and be so much more effective. Therefore, you're going to shorten that sales cycle. You're going to close more deals and you're going to create more win-wins for you and your clients or your customers or whoever you're interacting with. Interest. So pretty much, uh, you know, just to reiterate, I, I, I need to listen to what they are saying as well as I need to listen to what they are not saying, right? So pretty much read between the lines and, and capture. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a neat point. That's a great point. <laughs> and when you're reading, well, the way I teach it is, again, I have a background in neuro-linguistic programming. Um, and 
in that realm, there are language structures and they're unconscious to us. So people, it's not just what they say, it's how they say it. And there's certain patterns that people exhibit that gives me high quality information about what makes someone tick. An example would be uh, someone who is a, a move towards pattern versus a move away pattern. That's one of the patterns for motivation. And so when someone speaks about that, they're going to talk about either if they're move away from, they're going to avoid pain at all costs, right? They're, they're going to right. talk in a way that excludes things. So they might say, well, what's important to you about, say you as a car, car salesperson, and I'd wanted to know about um, this car. And I'd ask, that person would say, well, what's important to you about a vehicle? Well, I don't want to get stuck in the snow. The key word there is the word don't. It's an exclusion, right? right? Yep. Versus someone who's like, I want to go on amazing ski trips. That's a move towards pattern. And so when you speak to them, what's not being said is how they make decisions based on that language structure. So I know we're getting a little deep into that, but that's just an example no, I, I, I like of what's it. not being said. Yeah. I, I really like it. So, um, and some of my listeners who are not as tech savvy as me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but can you tell us more about NLP or neuro linguistic programming? Sure. So neuro linguistic programming is something I learned a while back. And what it is, is it's a model of excellence. So back in the 70s, there is a computer scientist and this mathematician. I think it was, um, uh, shoot, I don't remember their names at the moment, but uh, you can Google them. They're still alive. And what they did is they modeled human excellence, meaning they're like, man, that person is a really good speaker. What, what's going on in their brain? Because again, these are mathematicians and computer scientists. And so, and computers are really modeled after the human brain, by the yes, way, another subject. But <laughs> what they did is they kind of started to map out, right? These patterns and these things that people do well and they have strategies for mimicking and then essentially installing those things. So just like a computer, right? We grow up with our experiences, our families, our schools, our environment, right? And we create um, belief systems around that. And that becomes our filter for how we experience the world. And a lot of times that's unconscious. Well, when you are aware of those things, you can become so much more effective in your life, right? Be model that excellence and start to essentially reprogram yourself or others, right? For a better uh, outcome to make, to make yourself more resourceful and use the information in their appropriate context instead of making giant assumptions. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what NLP is. It's kind of hard to describe because there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Uh, but in general, it's a model of human excellence. Now, thank you for dumping it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what is the most important thing someone new to sales should learn? What is the, you know, what, what do you think should be the very first step? So someone who is brand new in sales should first learn the the outcome they should get clarity and what that means is they need to know what the goals are of their customers what do their customers really want and it's not just i want a new car it's even deeper than that i want i want a new mercedes because it gives me status it makes me look rich or important or whatever right whatever it is for that customer it's not just i want a car or a mercedes and so getting clarity is 
key. And then also getting clarity for yourself, right? What is it that you want? What is your outcome? What's important to you? Um, and I think that is just, if you can do that, then you'll be able to gather what I call criteria or high quality information about what makes that prospect tick. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. So, yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, and uh, when you are doing all this training, right, and coaching, why, uh, why do you see so many people fail at sales? Or do you see a lot of people failing at sales? I do see. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have more, like, way more experience than I do. So if you can tell sure. us. Sure. So a lot of times people come to me because they are failing or they're not performing at the level right. that they want to be. And um, once that we work with them, we dramatically increase their effectiveness. But one of the things I find um, when people come to me is they, again, they don't know what customers want. They don't have that clarity. And so then that leads them to making assumptions and judgments about that person, about what they want or what they don't want and what they can afford or not afford. And so it's really important to have clarity. And um, I'll give you an example. I was at a networking event a while back. And I met a woman who was in insurance. Great, right? There's a lot of them out there. And uh, we exchange information. It's all yeah. great. So the next like day, I get an email from her. She's like, send me your information. I need your address. I need your birthday. You know, all this personal information. I was like, whoa, lady. Like, you didn't even ask me. You didn't get clarity, right? Or whether <laughs> I'm even in the market for insurance. Right. I'm not going to send my personal info to you. It's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> and so, but... That happens all the time. All the time. Um, another reason I find that people fail, again, it's kind of related, is that they don't build rapport. And when I use the word rapport, rapport is really trust, right? And yep. people know, people do business with people they like, know, and trust. And I think that's a key word. Again, it's kind of like, take me on a date before you ask to marry me. Let's, uh, let's get to know each other. Let's build rapport. Yep. Let's build trust and relationship. And the third reason is people just don't follow up. The fortune is in the follow-up. If, if it's it. not a no, it's not, if it's a no, that means it's a no right now, but it doesn't mean it's not later. Right. And that's a, that's the, I agree with all three points, but, but I can relate myself to the third point. You know, I, I, I usually do the first thing, right. Uh, I listen, then I, of course, you know, build a repo and then I never follow up. You know, they will say, yeah, they'll get back to me. And then I forget about it. Or I think they, when they say they'll get back to me, it means no. So I will never reach back out. And, and I've seen that happen. And a couple of times they reached back out to me because I had built a repo after a couple of years. And I felt really bad because I could have done my, you know, I, I could have been proactive. Exactly. When you change your mindset that, if you're in sales and that is your job or you're in business for yourself or you're a real estate investor and you're buying homes from uh, sellers, right? Is you got to think of yourself as you're the prize. You're bringing value by solving these people's problem. And when you do that, like you're going to follow up and it's honestly a disservice to people if you don't follow up because you could be solving people's problems. You could be changing their lives. 
That, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> so I also um, read uh, from your website that you have something called four C's of selling. What are those? So the four C's to selling is a uh, method that I created that, again, includes the NLP and the neuroscience we talked about in a chunkable, learnable way. And so kind of like diamonds, right? Diamonds have the four C's of diamonds, and that determines their quality and ultimately their price. And so uh, the four C's to selling is similar to that, but it's a model for selling. And so the four C's is clarity. Second is captivate. Third is convince. Fourth is close. And again, I mentioned clarity earlier, right? What does your customer want? Mm -hmm. What is their criteria? What's going to motivate them to buy? That's getting the clarity. Sometimes it's they, they have a pain, they have a problem they need to solve. And sometimes they are geared towards, I want to achieve something. I want to look good, right? Right. Another one, the second one is captivate, right? This is where you have to build that rapport and trust. And this is where you're going to really be able to gather high quality information about them. And I teach how to not just build rapport like, hey, you like baseball? I like baseball. It goes beyond that. It's more of like unconscious rapport. That's where the NLP and neuroscience comes from. If you've done that, then you can convince. And the convince section is where you actually have to demonstrate your value, your, your value, whatever it is you're selling or demonstrating, right? If I'm interviewing, right, I got to demonstrate that I have this value and skill in a tangible way, like with actual evidence, the more tangible, the better, and the more new and novel, the better, because you got to capture the, the brain's attention. If the brain thinks that it's seen you before or seen this message before, it's going to tune out. Because the brain's got to conserve energy, right? It's like survival uh, mode. So if it's like, like with the, an example with like the insurance person, right? If uh, if you're an insurance or real estate where there's a lot of competition, right, you got to differentiate yourself somehow. And that's where that uh, convincing, new and novel, tangible evidence comes from. If you do those things, the close should be easy and natural at that point. And if it's not then you go back and you need to be prepared for those objections and be prepared to follow up. Cause like I said, the fortune is in the follow-up people who have the tenacity to keep going, to keep asking questions, to follow up at the end of the day, they're going to be more successful than the person who called once or twice. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like the convincing, convincing part because I, I, that's the key. Which, of course, all four C's are the key, but I think if someone is already able to understand what the you know, client wants, uh, convincing them is the key. And as you said, you know, because we meet so many realtors or insurance brokers and they, of course, come with same message, right? Mm-hmm. But if, if, they, if they have the right message, which, you know, the brain would uh, accept, then it's easy to convince, right? Exactly. No, that's that's awesome. Is there anything else I did not um, um, discuss? I I I love this, so you know, feel free to. <laughs> I mean, I I love the four C's model. I use it personally, so uh, I have my coaching and sales business, or my coaching and um, sales training business. Um, but I'm also a salesperson for hire, meaning like I've gone out and done like high ticket sales for seminars and other organizations and this isn't like i'm selling a five dollar keychain right this is high ticket items 35 75k items 
and I use this model and um, it works. It, I, what I do, right, what I, when I learn something or something doesn't work, I tweak the model a little bit. And so this has been built upon my experience, personal experience, as well as the NLP and my research in neurolinguistics. So um, selling is, can be a lot of fun. People kind of get a bad taste in their mouth about selling and sales, but when you position yourself uh, as, uh, as being in service and to position yourself as I'm the prize, I have something that you don't, but I can help you and I want to help you, then it becomes so much easier. That's awesome. So how can, um, you know, uh, I can understand how can someone apply this to a, an enterprise or a corporation or even a small business, but how can someone take this approach when they're working in a W2 job and, and they are not even part of a sales team? Let's say they are just doing some IT or support work or something else. How can they apply these principles to their you know, regular full-time employment? Sure, I mean, it starts from the beginning. If you're interviewing for a job, right? Four C's to selling is going to work. You got to get clarity on what organization are you applying to? How do you captivate the attention of your interviewers? How do you convince them? How do you demonstrate your value that you are a good fit? And the close is you get the offer, right? If you're already in the organization and you're not in a sales position, I would imagine that you don't work in a silo, that, the, yes. that you probably <laughs> work with other people. And in that case, you might have a boss or a manager that you need to present a project idea to or a budget or something. Right. And if that's the case, you're, gonna, you're still selling. And so if you can uh, demonstrate that your project idea or your budget performance or whatever it is that you're working on to your managers or other colleagues is a good idea, then that's selling. And so you can apply this model, whether or not you're in actual sales or in your own business, or if you're in a W-2 job. No, that's, uh, that's exactly what I wanted to highlight, that people think uh, when they hear of sales or selling is that, oh, you got to be in sales or marketing or something, but that's not true. Pretty much every day you are influencing someone somehow, right? And that's all selling. That's sales. Exactly. Right on point. Hey, Carla Lee, so can you uh, give us an um, idea about what's your most favorite sales book or a business-related uh, book? Oh, uh, yeah. So one of my favorite sales books is called Pitch Anything by Oren Klaff. Um, I have heard he, of it. I haven't read, but yeah, please uh, tell me more about it. <laughs> he was my first introduction to using neuroscience in sales. And he breaks it down brilliantly. And he, uh, it, he definitely talks more about it for like pitching, like if you're raising money as an investor mm -hmm. and stuff, but it obviously applies to sales because pitching and raising money is selling. That's a big time sales. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a great book if you want to kind of get into the nitty gritty. Um, other books I would recommend is, um, there's, it's not really a sales book, but it's called The Magic of Thinking Big. And it's an older book. I think they used to give it to like middle schoolers in like the oh, 60s or nice. 70s. Wow. Um, but it's all about, right, changing your mindset and thinking big. Because like in real estate, for example, it's just as much work to raise $10 million as it is $100,000. So you might as well just go for the $10 million. Um, But sometimes people's mindset gets in the way, right? And so you got to think big. 
what are what are the project what's possible um and so that's a really good book those are probably my two favorite when it comes to selling um and of course the resilience book oh yeah yeah that that's my <laughs> most favorite book <laughs> no that that book uh, of course while writing the book uh, you know i enjoyed it because i was able to go back in the time and realize what i have been through and where i am right now plus also reading the stories like yours and a lot of other smart you know smart people smart and uh, you know focused and successful people and and i realized that you know this is uh, this is how everyone uh, struggles but you know the people who are successful they come out of it uh, by having resilience as one of their character trait uh, so i i thoroughly enjoyed uh, you know reading as well as writing that book it was a great experience um and yeah it did you did have to dig a little deep in there. I remember writing my story and just crying tears. And <laughs> at the same time, it was very healing, right? Yes. A very yes. like healing experience as well. And I like to keep that book close when I'm having a tough day or something. Yes. I open up whatever chapters I open up, I read it. And I'm like, all right, I can handle this, right? Exactly. Like, fix your crown, get some coffee. And let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do the same thing, and I as soon as I start reading, I'm like, I was not the only one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there will be a lot of people before me. There will be people after me as well, and they, they will figure this out, right? Yep. Yep. So. We're not alone, and there's the struggle is real, but you can overcome it. Exactly. Now, thank you so much, Carla Lee. How can my listeners reach out to you? Sure. So uh, you can find me on my website. It's called MarkovConsulting.com, and I'll spell it M-A-R-C-O-V. That's MarkovConsulting.com. You can also email me. Uh, my email is Carla Lee at MarkovConsulting.com. I'll spell my name as well because it's kind of a tongue twister. It's C-A-R-L-A-L-E-E. -E. So Carla Lee at MarkovConsulting.com. Send me an email. I check my own emails uh, pretty regularly or every day. So yeah, if you, want, if you have questions about the four C's or like, we're interested in coaching or selling, I'm happy to even do a free strategy session. So if someone has a problem, schedule some time with me and we can uh, debrief and hopefully figure out a solution. I thoroughly enjoyed this discussion. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Have a great day. If you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.